I walked to Sweden in 2015, where I was uh, one of the refugees who entered the country in, in that autumn. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Ala Al-Shawa, CEO and co-founder at Combify and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Allah. Hello. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, how are you? Great. And it's even better now when I'm sitting here with you. And let's jump into it. Allah, first question in my podcast always is, what does your company, in this case, Combify, do? Please, do your elevator pitch. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, so Combify is a data company specialized in city urban development and property information. We use data science and machine learning uh, to create a map that renders all early stage development plans in Sweden, where we enable data informed decisions for our customers. Uh, some of our customers are, uh, for example, property developers who are always looking for land to develop, uh, property advisors who are looking for insights to enable transactions and strategy advice, expansion managers uh, within retail, uh, goods, restaurants, schools who need insights on where to establish their new units, uh, and some other uh, customer groups like architects who are looking for public tenders and design competitions. Uh, so we help those uh, businesses uh, find new opportunities and grow their business uh, with uh, our data. Before we jump into the different segment of, yes, uh, we have a question regarding the conservative industry you're in, leadership, KPIs, mm. and much more. Mm. I want to start with your story because you have an amazing story. I, I've heard it before once in, in television, in Dragon's Den. Uh, so please, can you share how you arrived in Sweden and the journey that led to Combify? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so basically, I walked to Sweden in 2015, uh, where I was uh, one of the refugees who entered the country in, in, in that autumn. Uh, I, uh, I myself, I grew up in, uh, in Damascus, Syria, uh, in a working class family where my father himself was uh, a entre solo entrepreneur who built his business from the ground up uh, in the construction industry, which actually inspired me to study architecture and urban planning. But uh, unfortunately, in 2011, a civil war started in Syria. Uh, and shortly after I experienced the injustice and, uh, and horror uh, of living there, uh, uh, choosing a side in the war was an impossible task for me. Uh, so it was, of course, now we, we are unfortunately as well seeing another war example in Ukraine. 
But as you see, like it's war is all about uh, destructions uh, instead of uh, construction. And it's even worse when it's actually a civil war where you don't know who your enemy is, right? So this situation, uh, I, even though the war and all the difficult situation, I decided to to uh, continue my study until graduation. And after I graduated uh, in 2015, the situation got really worse, uh, where there were like a lot of killing, uh, regardless of religion, political side. It was it was really an ugly mess. Uh, so I chose not to get involved in the mess and, and, and the killing machine that was happening. And I decided to run away and leave everything I had left uh, behind and come, uh, like find a new country to, to where I can, I can have a normal life. So uh, I, uh, I went to, uh, to uh, Lebanon, to Beirut, and then from Beirut to, to Istanbul in Turkey, and I had one month visa as a tourist visa there, where I had like four weeks basically to, to find a solution. Or other, 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 uh, otherwise I would will, I will have uh, to, to go back and join, and join uh, the war. So there where I started me and my friends to, to investigate a little bit, I was trying to find, uh, get myself a visa through some, some friends in the US, to the US, but at that time it was almost impossible for any Syrian to get a visa to the US. Uh, the waiting line was around 16 months when I got response from the from from the embassy in, in Istanbul uh, after fully, like filling an application for like two days uh, with all the necessary information. And I tried, okay, uh, of course, other other ways to get to Europe as a scholarship, as, uh, as uh, another like working visa. But as I told you, I had only four weeks which I had to solve and no, no solution would be happening in that, in that uh, time window. So uh, it started as a suggestion from a friend who has like a joke where we're like watching the news, like should we just go and walk to, to, to Europe as the reporter in the, in the, in the TV was, uh, was uh, uh, explaining about, uh, about the refugee crisis that year. And we're like, no way. We we have we have uh, high education. We have uh, good English. Like we can we can communicate, right? Like we can get get ourselves like something. But then that that conversation turned into something serious, where we started actually googling and looking around and seeing like what ways in what way can we get to to Europe? And after after some research, uh, we I remember like reading started. To get more interested in reading about Sweden, reading about uh, Stockholm the, as the second Silicon Valley in in in, in the world, and uh, like the startup community, and like the that you can use your English uh, to 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 build a business. You don't need to to be especially like in Scandinavia. You don't need to to learn the language there to actually be be part of of the 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 community, and. Uh, and other other sort of information about Sweden, about like the fika culture and then the coffee, uh, uh, yeah, which which I really liked. Uh, and then I started to dig deeper into how to get to Sweden, right? And of course, that was like you should you can't get you know the legal way, like no way, like embassies won't answer, and 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 it's just a bureaucratic process. So we, we uh, me and my friend, we, we could find a, a, a smuggler where, where he 
arranged uh, boat trip. Like as you know, there is like you know a, a movie on Netflix on like called The Swimmers. It's basically really like ninety five plus percent overlapping the same story. We had to cross cross from uh, from Turkey to Greece using like a rubber boat. Uh, uh, we were like around 44 people in the rubber boat where like guys were around and then, and then kids and, 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 and female, females were like in the middle. It took us a couple of hours to reach the engine stopped in the middle. Uh, we had to fix it and it took around four to five weeks for me to reach to Sweden. That's a very long story. I won't now like, uh, have the time, of course, uh, waste the time just to, going through the details, but I arrived to Malmo after like five, uh, five weeks. And there I took the train and went right to, to Stockholm, where thinking that I will start my life in, in Stockholm immediately. And that was not the case because as, as, uh, when I applied for my case in Stockholm, they told me, if you don't have anyone that you know in, in, in Stockholm, we will be sending you somewhere, you know, because we have now like many people coming in. Yes. And I ended up going to north, uh, quite north, to Dalarna, to a small village called Siliansnas. And there, uh, and arrived there 1st of November, I remember like 2015. And from there, the story started, where I uh, dedicated my, my time to find job, anywhere, any type of job, just to get into, you know, build my network, get into the labor market as soon as I can. And I was, uh, after some tries and, and getting to know locals there, I got the help from, from, from uh, a very nice lady who introduced me to an architecture office uh, that ended up uh, giving me uh, internship. And that internship turned into uh, job employment where I worked there for two years. And there I learned uh, about the the industry climate, how things work in Sweden, how, what are the opportunities, the challenges. And, uh, I had the idea of like starting this company and that where I met my co-founder, Rima Alexandra. And we, 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 uh, we had the same interest in life and like same, like we were both, it was easy to, to see that we we're both like dreamers and doers. We take actions to what we actually believe that we want to, to, to achieve in life. Alexandra invited me to Stockholm to celebrate with her friends, uh, the New Year Eve of 2017, 16 to 17. And, uh, that where I pitched the company idea to her and she, she was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And, uh, we started working next day, like immediately, like we started researching, like, uh, how can we start a company? How can we register? Like, uh, and, uh, and we started as consultants. Uh, for four years until we, you know, learned uh, and uh, structured the the solution we have today and uh, and launched it to the market. Thank you so much for sharing. This is this is a, such an inspirational story of like on so many angles. Last week you got also a big prize of the Swedish King as new builder of the year. So wow, yeah, you. Also, on such a small amount of time, you have done so much already in Sweden. We move on now to focusing more about the business leader, Alla, and Combify as a company. The first thing we keep this off is actually with an external question from a listener. And this is from my little brother, Jonathan. And this is his question. 
The construction industry is a very conservative industry. I know this because I worked there myself. What are your biggest challenges with it? Great question, Jonathan. Uh, I actually get uh, this question uh, uh, quite frequently. Actually, the, the biggest challenges that we, we, we had uh, to face, me and my co-founder in the early days of the company, is how to change the mindset that some tasks within this industry can be done smarter and more efficient using different tools that enable better results down the line. Uh, well, the, it's, it's very much correct that the industry is, uh, is conservative, is classic, old school, uh, and, and old school style is nice. Like, I like old school. I like old school cars, old school music, uh, but, but you can't compare, for example, like old classic Fiat with Bugatti, right? Like if you're talking speed and, you know, technology and on the road, you can't, just can't. That has an emotional value, and the other one is just a great engineering. So uh, well, that's literally actually how the industry thinks in, in like most of the time. They want to use old ways as like phone calls, like and emails, and like you know like this old way of getting certain tasks done. Uh, and especially when making like really big decision when it's come to real estate, like following God's feeling, but you know, like, like, and they think this will solve hundred percent of the problems, which is not actually you need, you can use, you know, like data, you can use like historical records. You can see how things went for similar cases and learn from that and do smarter decision. Uh, with using smarter tools and that's our task to to do and our job to do with combify thank you jonathan for the question we move on and now Allah, it's time to talk about leadership and the first question in this segment are you a good leader trying to be one i would say uh i, I think it's it's dumb if someone would say like i am a, a good leader i'm a great leader like how how would you do that. I, I mean, I still don't have that long record, right? And if you say that you're trying to be, what, what would you say are your superpowers? Well, I, I would say a superpower for a leader. And what I try to do is like to all to seeing other people qualities and then recruit that quality where it aligns with Combify vision. Uh, so really understanding people, what, what, like I, I call this like human engineering, really understanding how you can unlock certain qualities and skills in people and and put them where they belong and where they will thrive the best. Uh, being a great recruiter and uh, bringing those talents to work on the vision and on the mission that you believe in is a very important leadership quality. Because you will not do it yourself. It's so hard to get things done yourself. Like this mentality when you are in like an early stage founder or a CEO, like, yeah, I know how to do it. Like I will get it myself done because you, you, you get, you learn how to be multitasker and to do everything. But at some point in the company, you have to delegate. Yeah. You have to know how to delegate, not only to, to delegate. And have you always, uh, like to see other people's qualities, has that been a default mode for you to be? great at human engineering or is that something that you have learned 
through the years? Oh, no. Yeah, of course. This is something like I have learned through the years. I, I was not. And what, what is your best, best practices here to, to strengthen this skill? Uh, I would say to, to listen, like to know that you're not always right. Like really important that I am not always right. Uh, and when you, when you hire people in your company, when you, when you start to build your team, you, there is a reason why you recruited these, these people, because they are so good at what they are doing. So if you are much better than, 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 than those people, or you think you are, like why on earth did you bring them to your team? Uh, right? Like it's <laughs> to watch you doing the things that you, you, you hired them to do. No, like listen to them, like explain to them. Just your job is to communicate the phase you are in right now, what you have gone through, and let them be and listen to them. And that's what I have learned. And I did this mistake many, many times before, but now I learned it the hard way. Like I listen to my team and, and I, I am not always right. And I would agree with that. The, the, the best teacher is the hard lessons, the expensive yeah. lessons, unfortunately. Yes. And uh, um, this leads me into what is the worst thing then about being a leader? Well, th that's easy. That's easy because I can, I can, I faced that many times, which is being misunderstood uh, uh, sometimes. And I mean by that is uh, when you run a company, you have, you know, you, you hopefully see the whole picture. You have this, you know, multiple dimensions on multiple sources of information where like you, you combine to see like everything and then and then you make decisions accordingly. And not everyone usually see that. And it takes a lot of time, of course, to communicate that and to, to give that full picture impression when you make daily decisions along, uh, along the way. So being misunderstood is, uh, is, is one of the, the worst thing about uh, being a leader. A complex situation and uh, thank you for sharing. We move on to Another segment that is, uh, I love this segment because it's a new one every, every interview I do. And this is a topic of your choice. Hmm. So I will actually now zip it and want you to talk a few minutes about something that you are truly nerdy and passionate about. So now it's time for Alas' topic of choice. Well, my topic is is spiritually related to, to what I do with, uh, with uh, my job uh, as, a, as a founder and CEO of, of my company, which is telling the stories of cities. Uh, I just so passionate about this topic. And of course, I was, it was born with me since my childhood. I was like very interested in strategy games and like, you know, how to build a nation and, and develop that nation into into bigger and bigger and bigger with like uh, securing more resources and, you know, building your army, building your, you know, uh, the whole city. And then it went into studying architecture and urban planning and knowing how we actually do it, how we, how we exercise that in real life and how cities develop, especially those like old cities that has like this, like thousands of years uh, of history. And then facing the civil war and everything happen when you see your, your, your beloved city, you know, being destroyed from the ground, like to, to the ground and, and getting very much emotionally affected by that, 
with all your spatial memories about your childhood and where you go to school, went to school and the streets you are, you know, you, you grew up playing with your friends. So coming then to Sweden and choosing this as, as my career path, working with this, I don't see only data, like our only, like a development plan or a master plan or, or a decision being made by a certain party who is ruling rolling the country right now or a certain municipality, I see how are we taking something that has been evolving for hundreds or thousands of years and developing it into a better form that will affect our generation and future generations. To me, this is very spiritual. This is art because every story, every city has its own vibes you like to go like you like everyone if you ask like mostly everyone likes to travel like to explore and when you go to barcelona it's different than when you go to, to to paris it's different when you go to berlin every city has its its own spirit right and there's a reason for this spirit it's not just it was born with berlin you know it's because of like all the stories that happen you know like how the city is structured the architecture you know the type of people and how it affects all of that all of that dynamic flow in a city so i don't want to talk so much about like because I, I told you like this is like my biggest passion <laughs> yeah i hear it and, and that's why i love this topic in question because yeah. i love listen to other smart people that are nerd about something as passionate because yeah it gets so i get so inspired so thank you Allah, for sharing about the topic of your passion for telling the stories of cities Thank you. And it makes so much sense how, how, when you started with building in the games also. I, I love those games too, but I have another passion. And we move on to now KPIs. You can't have a SaaS podcast without talking about KPIs. So now I want to know, uh, which top three, five KPIs on a company level are most important for you? Definitely our biggest KPI is, is basically how many businesses are we helping and, and how, what form, in what form are we helping them and how much are we impacting their, their, their businesses as we, we say that we are here to help, to help you expand, to help you grow. And of course, the, uh, the other KPI, which, which is as, as well uh, very important, is... Uh, uh, how much are you delivering in what you have promised your shareholders and early investors of delivering and this is of course like translated turns into many technical kpis and numbers that won't be uh, relative now to 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 the listeners but they get they, they get my point which is translating your vision into milestones and then into measurable numbers that define your score are you scoring or are you not easy it's a math it has to be you know something measurable which if you take this one la layer more technical what are you what, what are your top five then yeah if, if i would take this more technical of course is basically number one is number of customers and those customers uh, of course there's a health score of this customer so not only like okay i have 100 or 200 customers what is the health score if you if your company disappear next next day will those customers be very much affected will they try to help you to not to go 
out of business. This is number one. Number two is cash flow because let's be realistic. Like no business exists without without a healthy cash flow and revenue. I would say those are like the the two top KPIs that define, or at least what I can think of right now. Good. Then then that's enough for now. And this means Allah, that we have reached the roundup. And the roundup, there is only four questions left. Then the first question, always with the roundup, that is a VAM-oriented question because my passion is sales and communication. So I have built a sales tool with the core video. So I want to know now, Allah, what would you say is the best way to do a cold outreach to you? in a modern way to get your attention and get you into a meeting? I would say to be creative, record a VAM. <laughs> I mean, I, literally, it's, I'm not trying here to, to promote a VAM or anything, but I did use it when I was raising money early last year, where I actually uh, got a no from an investor. I mean, they had a reason. They give me the technical reason that they don't see our idea can be scaled outside Sweden. And, uh, and uh, for that being said, this is not a good investment for them. So what we did, we worked during the weekend and working like on, on Berlin, on example, on Berlin, how can we launch our product in Berlin with like data wise? So we gathered all the information, blah, blah, blah. And we created like a Berlin case. But how can I deliver that to them? You know, like on Sunday evening, like, am I going to book a meeting with them? Am I going to call them? They will most likely say no. I mean, like, this is just a guy who who doesn't give up. Yes, but we, we are busy. So what I did, I actually recorded a two minutes uh Uh, actually less than even two minutes video where like I wished everyone started the, the video by like I wish you had a, a great weekend mine was really amazing uh, we launched our product in Berlin we did x y and z and here is like I share my screen I showed them like how it looks right now or map with with all the, the projects in Berlin with all the colors and all the information and uh, just I wanted to answer you in a creative way like this is this product can really scale beyond Sweden. It's not only uh, in Sweden, but now we are focusing on the Swedish market. And I sent it by email. You know, by Monday morning, I got a call that they wanted to invest. And we closed the deal. Like, literally. Literally, that's what happened. That easy. So according to you, the best way to do an outreach in a modern way from you is to be creative, uh, whatever suits that scenario, and be personal. And if video is relevant, video is a great combination in an email to get your attention. Yeah. In addition to that, I would say always be genuine and straightforward. That is very important. To one other classics. I love it. I'm collecting so much great, great data points here with this question. But uh, yeah, we move on to if you would give yourself when you were a younger leader, you were top one to three things of think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell yourself? Well, the first thing I would tell myself is to listen before I speak uh, really carefully. Uh, I would also tell myself to think before I act in, in, for example, in the, uh, when we create the pitch deck for a startup, you always have, you start with a problem and then the second slide is solution. I always like to add a third one in the between, which is like thinking behind the solution. Like what did like the thinking process? Uh, really important to show that is the best solution of the problem you just identified. And the third one, I would say to uh, don't ever 
make a decision when you're angry. That is a very important one. I've 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 heard that from a a great speaker years ago, and I read that in a couple of great books. But I never heard that one in this podcast, and this is so great. As soon as you said it, like I wrote that up. Oh, that is a classic. Great. Never take a decision when you're angry. That 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 is great input here, Allah. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. And uh, only two things left then. Wish other two B2B saw CEOs in the Nordics, in Europe, would you like to listen to in this podcast that you think you could get some inspiration from? Actually, I know many amazing CEOs running their startups. Uh, But those two that I recently met and very impressed by what they are doing, the first one is uh, Cecilia Videsel, the founder and CEO of uh, Cura that has an incredible story building her business as a solo female entrepreneur in another conservative, heavily regulated industry. Uh, Another founder I uh, also met uh, last time I was in Gothenburg. Uh, Her name is Anali Molina. Uh, She's uh, a co-founder and CEO of a startup called Immigrate. I deeply respect her business idea that helps companies Uh, manage immigration processes and bringing new talents to Sweden. And I think that's very noble. And I think that is very needed to have more of these amazing talents to come here and build uh, the startup community in Sweden that we, we become the biggest in the world, not only the second Silicon Valley, we become like the first Valley. So those two, I highly recommend. They both have amazing stories. Thank you. I will shake them up and take it from there and we have arrived to the final destination now the last question where i hope and i hold my fingers crossed to get some sort of number and some inspirational bold statement because i want to know where will combify be in five years no man that is a big question big big question I mean, five years ago, almost, I was fresh out of the boat here. So I would never, ever imagine myself where I am today. No, that's what that's what I mean. If you could do that for five years, think of with the foundation, with now the fundings, with the team you have, and uh, where will you be? Well, I, I, I most likely, like, I can't give, like, an exact, like, I can't think of an exact uh, answer, but I can be bold and I can tell uh that combify will be somewhere really big that i'm certain about uh we will be on the map of swedish unicorns and maybe on the top uh who knows and uh, we but what from 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 a vision perspective we will be able to tell the story of every city with data we will create we will visualize how cities in Europe are being developed and built. Uh, So that's what we are going to be doing. Uh, And uh, I'm very certain that we will get there in in less than five years. What I take with me from what you said that in five years you will be a unicorn and you will be a European front runner. Yes, definitely. And this leads me to uh, shifting the focus to you who has been listening to me and Allah. 
If you like what you heard, please press the subscription button and tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Ala in B2B SaaS And Ala, a huge thank you for putting aside 30 minutes to get with me to help the community and me to keep on learning. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph, for having me. And thank you for all the listeners who listen to my story. Cause I-